0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. On today's show, I want to discuss the MLB postseason and what we've seen to this point in preview, the NLCS. And although this episode comes out after Game 1, I will still give you what my honest opinions were prior to Game 1 and see if they've changed at all since Game 1. And going into the series, Dodgers-Braves. I did not give the Braves a fighting chance in this one. Heck of a lineup. You know, heck of a lineup. But I still take the Dodgers lineup over them. And I thought I could take the Dodgers pitching staff over them. And I thought the Dodgers were just, you know, overpowered. And they would overpower the Braves. And they would be much better than the Braves are. But the Braves played a very fun game yesterday. Scored a lot of runs. Uh, Again, Dave Roberts is an awful manager, as I said last week. And I would have predicted, you know, if you would have asked me before the series started, I would have predicted that... The Dodgers won in six games, and they can still do that. And, and I think that if I still had to do it right now, <clears throat> I would still pick the Dodgers in seven games. I would just give them one extra game for the Braves. Um, still up in the air right now because of the fact that we found out today Clayton Kershaw is dealing with back spasms. Now, he has been good this season. He has been their best pitcher this season. We all know his playoff track record, but you would still much rather have Clayton Kershaw than not. So a lot is up in the air in that series, and I think that that quickly becomes the best series of the two after the Rays took Game 2 yesterday. I'm going to go with Dodgers in seven. They still pull it out. They're still just the better team. They've been the best team in baseball all year long. They're, they're the better team. And then in the World Series, we get an interesting World Series that goes seven games because I think that the Rays are going to waltz their way there, like I said yesterday, before that series you know, really took off. The Rays are going to waltz their way in there, and the Rays have the pitching to to try and contain as much as you can that Dodgers lineup, and it'll be a fun series, and we'll we'll preview that if it happens. But I still think the Dodgers take it in, in, in Game Seven. Let me know what you guys think about the NLCS on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. I just think that the Dodgers are a better team. The, the Braves, I, I I like Max Freed, and, and you better win the Freed game, and they won the Freed game yesterday. I like uh, Anderson, you know the other starting pitcher. You got to win his game. But beyond that, I do have questions about this pitching staff, you know, top to bottom, rotation-wise and bullpen-wise, in a seven-game series with no off days. And on that note, as we shift over to the AL side of things, I think that you're seeing the, the repercussions of that, of playing a seven-game series with no off days. Because as we are about to witness game three of the AL side of things, I think you're witnessing the Rays punting on this on this game. I really do. Of course, they want to still win it. They want to go up, they want to go up 2-0. 3-0, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. They're already up 2-0. But, you know, they're up 2-0. They have no off days. And traditionally, you just go ahead and keep going down the line. If you went from Snell to Morton to Glass now, and then you continue on with your pitching staff. Now they've moved Glass now after going up 2-0 back a day, and he's going to get an extra day's rest, and he'll go on Wednesday. And I don't think that the Rays would have that flexibility to do that if they would have lost one of those first two games. So I think that you're seeing the, the impact of having to play so many days in a row and trying to manage your pitching staff that way. Because if Ryan Yarborough can maneuver this Astros lineup and get you another win in Game 3, and then you have, you have Glass now, your best pitcher on your staff, going Game 4 – You might be looking at a sweep to where you have so many off days ahead of that World Series that you are sitting pretty whenever I think the Dodgers are going to go to a seven-game series. You're sitting very pretty. It'll be interesting to follow along with what all happens in both these series leading up to the World Series. My biggest kind of takeaway from yesterday was just the fans. If you didn't get to watch yesterday, the NL side of things in Dallas – had fans, and let's be honest here. This is why they're doing a bubble. They're not doing a bubble for player safety. They're not doing a bubble to keep coronavirus out. They're doing a bubble because the government in Texas will allow them to have fans. And you know, it comes to to flourish in that Florida would have also let them have fans, but would LA have fans in LA? And, and when you can put everyone in a controlled environment, then you can get the results. I mean, again, the. The ALCS is playing in in California. There are no fans there. The NLCS is playing in Dallas and in in Texas, and there are fans there. It's strictly because, and that's why Dallas won the World Series site, because they can have fans there. It's strictly for money purposes, because you do not want to have teams advance to the postseason and through the postseason where you can't sell World Series tickets, whereas in Dallas, you're going to be able to sell World Series tickets. That's what it is about. I mean, this is not a true bubble. This is not a true Disney World bubble like the NBA pulled off. This is just a money grab. And and, the, and you can say what you will about it, but let's, not, let's just not call it a bubble, though. Because it's not. It's not. And, and the reason you can't do what the NFL is doing is because what would be the point of having fans in Tampa, where the Florida government is just all on board with letting You fill the the crowds to max capacity. And then that series shifts to LA and there's no fans there. Or that series shifts to New York, there's no fans there. This is just to have a controlled environment to have fans in the stands. And for better or worse, that's what this is all about. Um, It was weird watching with fans in the stands, but it wasn't too weird because, I mean, we've kind of seen it already. I mean, football's been doing it. You know, if you watch a Chiefs game, they have fans at Arrowhead. If you watch a, you know, college football game, KU, they have fans in the stands. But it was still interesting. I mean, again, this is not a true bubble. This is just something to market it as to where you don't outright say, hey, we're doing this for money grab. Uh, and we'll see how it goes in the World Series. The, the The place looked packed in a sense of you cannot sell any more tickets than they did and steal social distance. And so they did. They sold out their allotment being in a neutral site without a Texas team there, they still got plenty of people to go, and that's another appealing part of Dallas, where you have many people from all over. I mean, to go to Arlington, you can in the surrounding area you can find fans of the Dodgers and the Braves and the Rays, even and the and the uh, Astros, especially if they if they come back in this series. So that's kind of the bottom line. They just didn't want to market it as a money grab. It's it's not a bubble. They're selling tickets and fans are there. And it was different. It was different watching a baseball game and having actual fans there. And I know a few people who went down there and saw the game. It looks like a fun place to watch a baseball game whenever we're not in a global pandemic. I will say that. I wonder, you know, that kind of sucks for Rangers fans that the first time fans are allowed in the in the new Rangers ballpark, the Rangers are not a part of it. But it, it, it looks like a fun place. So whenever Ranger fans can get down there, it looks, it looks pretty fun uh, just on TV. And, and what I've heard about people who actually have been there. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that stadium as well, because that stadium is is it pretty um, unique in the sense of most of the time when the, when a team makes a new stadium, there's a resounding, oh my gosh, look at all these cool features that it has. The Rangers have gotten nothing but ridiculed for their new stadium. And we'll talk more about that after the break, but first I want to take my good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts online for 20 years. That is right. 20 years ago... You didn't even know how to write an email. You dial up there it was a disaster, but you could have been going to rockauto.com and getting all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. It's easy to navigate their website. It is so simple. Even I can do it. Who knows nothing about cars? My favorite part is the fact that I have to know nothing about cars because all I needed to do is put my make, my model, my year into their, into their database and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. And so that makes my job a lot easier. I'm not wasting money on parts that will not work with my car. So go to rockauto.com, tell them Lockdown sent you in the energy herebox box and don't know what to do from there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, on the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, so it is interesting that like the Rangers ballpark, as we're back on Lockdown Royals, that it is just getting hated on by everyone. Everyone thinks that it looks terrible on the outside. Uh, I think the inside looks pretty good though. It's a little dark I want to say like it's just kind of weird a weird lighting issue through the television I'm not sure how it is of course in person Uh, but it's interesting to note because I think that that's kind of the first time I remember a new stadium that just got absolutely killed the moment it was built I mean even the 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 Vegas Raiders their stadium got oh it looks like a a Death Star spaceship that's still pretty dang cool (laughs) and then and then the inside is also extremely nice uh, from the from the visual tours that they gave on Monday Night Football and everything like that. And the uh, L.A. Stadium for the Chargers and the Rams looks pretty dang cool on Hard Knocks. So it was just interesting that the, that the Rangers Stadium gets a bad rap just because it looks funny on the outside. It does look like Minute Maid Park, I will admit. So I saw a lot of Astro fans making fun of that with the Rangers because they're big rivals. It does look like Minute Maid Park. It really does. But moving on from that, and, and we... We kind of land on the postseason as a whole, and today's matchup's kind of flip-flop for those of you keeping track. Now the Braves and Dodgers will play earlier. They'll play at 5 p.m., and then the Rays and Astros will play at 7.40 uh, p.m. Central time, both of those things, while having football on for additional football with the uh, Titans and the Bills going out, who are the Chiefs' next opponent, so you might want to do some scouting on that. Uh, But today you've got Anderson going up against what should have been Clayton Kershaw, but instead, it will be Tony Gasolone, the 26-year-old who has a 2.31 ERA this year. Uh, that's interesting. And then you'll have Ryan Yoboro going up against a pitcher I have never heard of from the Houston Astros, H- Jose. Jose, that's his name. And I don't know who he is, what he does, uh, how good he is. But he has a 2.73 ERA this year in five games. So how about that? 29 uh, innings pitched. Uh, sub 3 RR. He like that? He like that in 2020. Uh, so he must be pretty good. Interesting matchup there. The Royals, of course, not playing until next February. And I I'm interested to hear from you about what you view this Royals offseason as. Is this an offseason where you start to add or are you still subtracting? Are you still looking at trading Salvador Perez, who is going to be a free agent soon, 2021? Are you still interested in trading with Merrifield? Jorge Soler, who had a down year in a weird COVID season with a few oblique injuries after having that monster year last year? Or do you keep Perez? Do you keep Witt? Do you keep Soler? And do you try to add between the margins and, and see how good this team can get uh, with the expanded postseason, and with you calling up more young guys. I think that, and we'll talk to our to our locked-on MLB prospects guru about this, but I think that Bobby Witt Jr., even though he's only a high school guy and he was dealt with a, dealt a bad hand in what should have been his second year of pro ball having to play at that summer site instead of actual minor league systems, I think that we'll see Bobby Witt Jr. next year. Of course not opening day. Of course not. Uh, probably not even by the trade deadline, but eventually next year I think that we will see some of Bobby Wood Jr. And that's exciting. So what the Royals are at this impasse here that I find interesting, even as a non-Royals fan, if I, was, if I wasn't a Royals fan, I was looking at this from the outside, I still find their offseason interesting. Because on paper, and, and it hasn't been reality, but on paper, this should be a competitive lineup. And then in reality, you got a really good bullpen you got a really good bullpen in reality. And then your starters have a ton of upside. Look at the way Brady Singer closed that year. Look at what Brad Keller did all year long. Look at the upside from Pubic. Look at the upside from Lacey. And we haven't even called up Daniel Lynch yet, or Asa Lacey, or uh, Jackson Coart. Yeah, There's still so many options on that pitching staff that it's the reason why I thought this team could be a postseason team this year in the expanded postseasons, and once you play 60 games, I thought this team would be much better than they were. And that's what made this season so frustrating, It's because I bought into what Moore and Matheny were selling, and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Because the talent is there on paper, but they didn't pan out in a 60-game stretch. Was Mondesi's September legitimate? Because if you're going to get September Mondesi throughout a 162-game stretch... Plus, you're going to get with Mayerfield. Plus, you're going to get whatever Perez was this year, which was an absolute freak at the plate. He was on an absolute hot streak all year long. He had a, he's had one of his best years offensively. Granted, 60-game season, he dealt with COVID, so that limited his season again. He dealt with that eye issue, so that limited his season again. So he didn't even play the 60 games, but still, he was on a tear. Merrifield's an elite hitter. I love Dozier. There's still a lot to like about this lineup. There's a ton to like about that bullpen now that we've seen it. And you probably have the most upside in baseball in your rotation. I mean, who who looks around their farm system right now and looks at their pitching staff and says, oh, yeah, we, we feel better than Kansas City about our rotation. I mean, Kansas City has invested so much in that in that rotation, it better be ready to go is there still more moves to make? Do you still need to sell off another piece and get back one more big haul of prospects? Or is this your core? You call up Bobby Wood Jr. eventually. Again, what I said earlier this week, this year you treat it like 2013, where you start to make a little run, you're not there yet, and then the following year you try to make your postseason push. What do you do if you're dating more? Would you sell? Or would you keep this core intact? Would you start selling off pieces or not? Let me know on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good. Be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Lockdown Royals.